in our Christian life, we have a, um, a, a many examples. I just want to mention one example today of a movement that changed the world. And I want to uh, pose this particular question to you. It says, how did Wesley, John Wesley, pioneer a movement that changed the world? Hello and welcome again to another episode in our teaching series, which we've titled A Band of Disciples. And uh, you are aware that uh, this uh, whole series, which is composed of three miniseries, uh, has one purpose in mind, and that is to inspire you to be a better discipler for Jesus. Uh, it just We want to encourage you, inspire you, and equip you. We want to cheer you uh, on. We want to say thank you for investing in what Jesus uh, made our priority as his followers throughout all ages to make disciples who would make disciples who would make disciples until his second coming. And uh, so far, we have uh, attempted to persuade you that communities of disciples, like when people get together around a common purpose to get better at being disciples and disciples, communities of disciples transform and multiply disciples. They transform and multiply uh, disciples. And, uh, and, and the reality is this, uh, we all long to see transformation and multiplication. We all long to see that happen. And, uh, and, and, and if, I, if I asked you, if you're a, a genuine disciple and say, what, what is your dream? Say, I want to invest in people who walk wholeheartedly for Jesus, who will go on and invest in others, who will go on and invest in others, that we would make God well known in the world and people will see Him through the way we live our lives, they will honor Him and glorify Him and eternities will be changed. Families will be transformed. Communities will be revived and the name of Jesus will be honored. We all want to see communities of disciples and disciples that transform their world. And uh, and we, we're probably all, um, you know, wondering, why isn't it happening? Like Peter, you may make it seem simple and that if we have a group of people who are uh, unified around the common purpose of becoming more like Jesus and they share in practices and they keep each other supported and accountable uh, and uh, they will by the power of the Holy Spirit they will multiply and will be a great movement so why isn't that happening Peter and uh, I, I, I hear your heart cry it's my heart cry as well why isn't it happening uh, and the reality is it's hard uh, when, when, when in an environment where we've been uh, conditioned to believe that the best picture of Christianity is being in a in an event in a in a really well-run event and uh, you know once a week and we'll be uh, fully engaged with with the activities of the church on a uh, you know weekly basis and so on but we're not thinking about how do we live and multiply Jesus like disciples uh, then that becomes 
becomes an idea that is not easily accepted. And it happens throughout, uh, you know, all uh, areas of life and all industries where people who pioneer a new idea, uh, they inevitably, uh, you know, stumble across a lot of barriers and a lot of rejections. I'm Egyptian. And I know of a beautiful worship, a Christian worship band known as the Better Life Team. The Better Life Team. The Better Life Team was established in 1978. 1978. And it was only a, a small group of uh, people who banded together so they can start this contemporary uh, music in uh, uh, in the church. Uh, obviously, at the time, this was a novel thing. Uh, this wasn't something that was, uh, you know, the church was accustomed to. So um, they, they, they had a go at doing that. They wanted to create an environment where, uh, you know, contemporary music is played in a church with original lyrics, with drums, with, you know, fancy that drums, guitars, you know, uh, pianos, keyboards, all that jazz, uh, vocalists, solace, all, all of this. And um, they, 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 they had a dream uh, that this would invade uh, uh, the Middle Eastern world starting from their home uh, country, Egypt. Uh, but in, in an interview with the uh, originator, with the founder of the Better Life team is uh, um, Magid Adel, uh, he said this. He says, at first, this dream was really vague. We knew people wouldn't accept us. We collected some instruments and amplifiers and started rehearsing. The first two years were terrible. Almost nobody accepted us. Of course, we were very unprofessional. It was difficult for Christians to accept us. We were the first band and we had to take the spanking. <laughs> what a beautiful way of putting it. Those who pioneer something, they have to expect to take the spanking early on. However, in about 30 years or so, this incredible band is so well-renowned and loved in all of the Middle East. They now have three bands, not one. They now have the main band, the youth band, youth and young adults, and a kid band, a kid's band. They have over 100 volunteers. They've toured the Arab world, Europe, North America, and Australia. They have a regular TV program on satellite channels. They have 3 million hits per month on their YouTube uh, account. They have gone from the rejected, the ones who copped the spanking, to the ones who are revolutionized worship music in Egypt and indeed, I would dare say, the Middle East. And they are absolutely anointed. Incredible group of people. But the reality is... It's hard to start 
it's hard to pioneer something. There is lots of hurdles to, uh, to get through and people's rejection to endure. But banding together, being together enables people to go to the next level of their development, to, uh, to pioneer stuff that actually changes the world. And I don't take that metaphorically. In fact, in our Christian life, we have... A, um, a, a many examples. I just want to mention one example today of a movement that changed the world. And I want to uh, pose this particular question to you. It says, how did Wesley, John Wesley, pioneer a movement that changed the world? How did Wesley pioneer a movement that changed the world? In fact, if you read or, or listen to any of the documentaries about Wesley, they say that John Wesley saved England, saved England from the bloody uh, revolutions that were taking place in the neighboring countries in Europe, uh, particularly in Paris, uh, where, where people being killed. But, but, but England survived this very turbulent time and in part, probably due to the, the, the movement uh, of holiness that, that, that John Wesley pioneered. Uh, writers also uh, suggest that to a great extent, the spiritual condition of England and indeed maybe the world uh, was transformed to a large degree uh, because of the investment of John Wesley and others and, uh, and, and the Methodist movement at the time where England and the church in England uh, was on spiritual decline. So how did he do that? How did he pioneer that? You will be glad to know that he was just a normal person, an ordinary person, just like you and me. He was born in 1703 in England. He was the 15th of 19 children to the family of Samuel and Susanna Wesley, uh, 15th child. Well, that's not very much like us, but, um, you know, back in the day, they, they wanted to have too many children because, you know, some, uh, sadly, some uh, children didn't survive childhood. And in fact, also many of his siblings uh, didn't survived childhood. In fact, when he was five or six years uh, old, um, their house, his dad was uh, an Anglican uh, um, uh, priest and their, their, their house uh, was, um, you know, endured the fire and all the members quickly uh, were able to be rescued, but they didn't for some reason, they didn't notice that John Wesley was uh, in the second floor asleep. But as a as a little kid, uh, you know, uh, they didn't know what to do with him. Samuel, his father, wanted to go back to save his child. But sadly, the, the, the stairs had collapsed from the fire. And um, by some sheer miracle, um, John Wesley got up and stood on something and, and uh, unlatched the window. And the neighbors 
uh, formed a human ladder and went up to, to, to the window and grabbed John Wesley. And once they got him out, the whole thing collapsed, the, the, the roof collapsed, and he was basically saved uh, like crazy. And, and this uh, made a, a significant impact on him and on his mother that believed, you know what, uh, this kid is called for something big. God saved him big time and um, uh, his his mother um, you know to save some money uh, and 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 probably was the tradition of of that time they had homeschooling she homeschooled uh, their kids she was very you know, very methodical in her ways from nine to five every day. They studied and um, they studied in the original language of the scripture. The scripture was the main text and maybe the only text in their family. And John Wesley was so incredibly influenced uh, by his mother. At the age of 17, uh, around 20 years of, uh, um, sorry, around 1720, uh, Wesley uh, went to Oxford uh, to study. And, um, and uh, over time, he, uh, he also was a, a, um, ordained a deacon. He did his master's in Oxford and became a priest. And, um, and his brother Charles followed suit. He went to Oxford as well to study. And he established uh, a club. Uh, for those people who are really genuine about, uh, you know, living a godly life, unlike what was, uh, you know, normal and typical uh, in this environment, uh, they will uh, meet together daily for prayer from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the morning. How's that? They prayed a few minutes every hour and they fasted Wednesday and Friday until 3 p.m. and they also visits uh, they visited prisons and 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 cared for 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 people uh, there uh, they were ridiculed by uh, people around them and they called them methodists because of how methodol uh, you know uh, the methods that they use and how rigorous uh, in their pursuit of a godly uh, living and uh, and and this was the foundational stages of the Methodist movements uh, that impacted the world, uh, whether uh, spiritually with devotion and holiness, the holiness movement, whether socially in caring for the destitute and the poor, establishing schools and 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 looking after people in prison and 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 uh, you know even uh, helping out with the abolitions of of slaves. It just was incredible movement and uh, and 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 established multiplication in 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 so many uh, places around the world and they were uh, you know so uh, Wesley in particular was significant in the great awakenings that happened in England uh, him and and uh, Whitfield uh, they they were incredible blessing uh, to the entire world that we see churches today uh, who Methodist churches and other denominations that have been impacted. Uh, by Wesley. So how did he 
uh, come from such an ordinary uh, beginnings and became a, a profound um, uh, revolutionary uh, pioneer of a movement of multiplication. Well, I'm going to suggest to you three brief things about the holiness movement that was established through uh, the ministry, God's use of uh, the ministry of John Wesley. Number one is uh, John Wesley believed that holiness demands an experience, a genuine experience with uh, Jesus. You see, uh, even though John Wesley early on was a minister in the Anglican church and remained throughout his life, uh, he, he was rigorous uh, in his uh, uh, engagement with uh, spiritual disciplines and the like, but he didn't have a relationship with Jesus, a, a genuine encounter with Christ. He was working his way into God's good books. And uh, at one stage, he was invited to, uh, you know, to travel from England to the colony of Georgia uh, in the USA to lead a church there and he was keen on the adventure so apparently him and his brother Charles uh, went on a voyage uh, in a ship to the USA from England to the USA and they, and and there they, they met with the Moravians on the ship and these people were really God honoring people who loved God and um, and 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 there in the midst of the voyage uh, their storms and 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 uh, had hit hid the, the ship and it just threatened to for everything to collapse uh, and, uh, and, and John was pretty scared and afraid of what might happen. Uh, he noticed, however, that those Moravians were singing uh, and saying that they were not afraid of dying. They, 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 they were joyous about meeting Jesus. They had encountered Christ in just a profound way that impacted their expectations of the assurance of their uh, eternal destiny. So uh, that really impacted John Wesley. And uh, anyway, he went to, to, to America and attempted to uh, invite people into his rigorous uh, way of living uh, godly uh, in Georgia, but it didn't, it didn't sell. <laughs> and uh, he had a horrible uh, season there. He actually, uh, it's written of him that he, he considered a disaster. And after two years, uh, he went back to England. And in, nine, in 1738, um, he actually uh, went to a meeting with the Moravians. And he, there he heard a, um, uh, you know, a quote uh, of Luther's commentary on Galatians. Galatia, uh, the, the, the letter to the Galatians, and that really uh, transformed his life. In, in, in his journal, it is written, uh, he wrote uh, that he felt his heart strangely warmed. It was a transformative moment. It was a turning around moment. It was the moment where he encountered uh, Christ and the Holy Spirit and a, 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 a new birth in a new way. 
and he just from there on, he was fired up about helping everyone experience this repentance and new birth and, and, and a revival broke out, what they're known as the Great Awakening uh, in, in England uh, uh, because of George uh, Whitfield who was preaching in the open air and inviting everybody to encounter an experience of Christ and, 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 he, and he encouraged John Wesley to do the same thing and, and at, at first he wasn't really comfortable with this open air uh, type of preaching but he was banned from preaching in churches so he preached anywhere he could and um, it was incredible that they say that he, he traveled 4,000 miles a year on a horse to preach everywhere. By the end of his life, at age, I think, 87, uh, he had preached 40,000 sermons. Uh, and his heart was to help people uh, repent and encounter uh, Jesus and have a new birth experience. And that was so huge uh, for his movement of holiness. It had to start with a genuine union with Christ that changes our nature. But John Wesley didn't stop there. John Wesley believed that holiness demands a process. Holiness demands a process. He didn't just believe in the revivals, in the meetings, in the excitements, in the experience. Uh, he established uh, what we call the Methodist Society uh, so that uh, it, people could actually attend um, you know, greater gatherings where they learn the doctrine, uh, the, 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 the real doctrines of the faith and listen uh, to uh, spiritual songs and participate in worship. The reality is John Wesley didn't want to start a new church. He didn't want to start a Methodist church. Uh, he wanted people to go to the liturgy, the Anglican liturgy, but he wanted them to go to the society and be built up in their faith. And that's where all the teaching was taking place, the, the cognitive aspects of the spiritual development. Uh, and 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 that by itself is profound because uh, he 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 wanted people to be built up in the true faith to know false uh, to to know true from false to know to know uh, you know the gospel in its profound implication on real life living. But it didn't stop there. John Wesley believed that holiness demands a community. Holiness demands a community. In fact, uh, John Wesley uh, believed that there is no gospel but a social gospel. Uh, it, it, in one of the uh, a preface to a collection of hymns and sacred poems in 1739, uh, uh, Wesley writes, Holy solitary is no longer consistent with the gospel just like holy adultery. <laughs> Have you heard that before? That is so funny. He's saying that uh, to be in isolation, to be, um, you know, a, a believer on your own, trying to grow on your own, is just as consistent to the scripture to holy adultery. Obviously, there's no such thing as holy adultery. And that's his point. There's no such thing as holy solitary. It can't be an isolated Jesus lover growing in holiness. He writes this, the gospel of Christ knows no religion but social and no 
no holiness, but social holiness. Social holiness. He didn't mean social holiness only in the concept that is being interpreted as, you know, just go out and do social justice. This was a community environment. He believed that people can only be transformed, grow in sanctification as a result of being part of uh, community. Therefore, he didn't just promote society, he pro promoted what we call the class, the class meeting. The class meeting was made of 7 to 10, no more than 12 co-ed individuals, so males and females. They gathered uh, weekly uh, together, and this was the basic requirement of a Methodist. In fact, uh, it, it, people uh, suggest that if uh, if members of these groups didn't attend three times in a quarter, they were removed from the group. They only were allowed to become uh, part of the group again if they recommitted to a genuine uh commitment uh, to attending the group. And this group wasn't about teaching anything, wasn't about doctrine or worship. This group had just a, a singular uh, intention and it's basically had a question. It says, how is your soul prospering? How is your soul prospering? It was about sharing lived experiences and how are they growing in a relationship with God? I also heard uh, someone, um, a, a Methodist uh, a professor once share that um, one of the questions that were familiar to the people was, was your first thought when you wake uh, when you woke up this morning about God? Like, did you think about God when you first woke up this morning? And why or why not? So it was uh, sharing experiences for the purpose of uh, egging each other on, stirring one another up, encouraging one another for spiritual growth and transformation. It wasn't uh, He didn't believe that sanctification, transformation, holiness, Christ-likeness could ever be achieved by merely gaining more information and being a scholar or an expert in the scripture or, or knowing more uh, verses or listen to more podcasts or, 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 or sermons uh, or messages or teachings like this. The, the reality is he knew that people developed together as they were real with one another. Not only that, he had another group for those who want to even go further. It was called the band. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it refers to the idea of band uh, that we, we, we're promoting. It might have been uh, different. But in that uh, group, there were about five individuals, gender specific in this, uh, in this case. And they had another question they asked one another. And that's confronting for us in our contemporary uh, ways of doing Christianity. They would sit together uh, and they would say, what sins have you committed since we last met? What sins have you committed since we last met? That's hardcore, isn't it? Uh, imagine you walking in the foyer of a church and, and you see a group of, uh, of friends standing together and says, you know, good morning, how are you traveling? How's your week? What sins have you committed since we last met last Sunday? <laughs> I, I, I don't imagine you'll be a friend for too long after that. So why did Wesley encourage people to confess their sins to one another? Well, the answer is in the book of James chapter 5. 
that if we confess our sins to one another, we will be healed. It's a process of understanding the grace of God that overwhelms our sin, but also the grace of God that doesn't just pick us up, but lead us forward. The grace of God that doesn't just clean the slate, but the grace of God that writes the, the, the beautiful principles and standards of God over our hearts. The grace of God that doesn't just uh, enable us to live free of guilt, but enable us to live with joy. The grace of God that when we, when we confess, we undermine the wicked work and schemes of the enemy who wants to make us live in darkness. You know what I mean? If, 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 if it's not known, don't worry about it. It's fine. But when we bring this stuff to the surface, it's not for the sake of humiliation. It's for the sake of healing and restoration. And, and, and John Wesley was committed to the community aspect of sanctification. You know what? He knew so well, like probably you and I know, that accountability has little currency in our days, yet promises lasting victory. Accountability may have little currency in our day, but promises lasting victory. And through this uh, encounters with other God-loving people, they've changed the world. They've changed the world. The three environments of transformation were the society, the class, and the band. The teaching, the experience, the accountability. And through those environments, uh, John Wesley and uh, the, the band of people that were around him who embraced this serious Christianity, they still whisper encouragement to us today. You can change your little world. Just like Wesley didn't only change England, but impacted the world and revivals in profound ways. Doesn't that inspire? you to believe that the same God that worked miracle in the ordinary child, uh, the, uh, the 15th child uh, of 19 in a family can do miracle in your life and mine. That's our prayer for you. May God encourage you and anoint you to live for His purposes and, accomplishes, and accomplish everything that He designed you to accomplish for the glory of God and the good of His people. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time, be utterly blessed.